Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Poetry Corner Podcast. This is your main man, Mr. Poetry, a.k.a. Matt Foster. And today we're talking black history and, of course, poetry. It's been a while, but I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, let's talk about it. gentlemen and welcome back to the poetry corner podcast this is your main man matt foster for all those who didn't know and today ladies and gentlemen today we're talking about the first published african-american poet phyllis wheatley whose real name is unknown she was born in west africa sometime during 1753 and she lived in africa until she was kidnapped around the age of eight and she was taken to boston massachusetts to the wheatley family There she became the enslaved servant of Susanna Wheatley, her slave master's wife. Phyllis Wheatley's name is a combination of the boat she was on when she was captured called the Phyllis and of course the slave owners of which their last names were Wheatley. Although she had slave owners, they treated Phyllis very well. They even educated her to the point where she became very literate in English, Greek, and Latin which in turn allowed her to write her first poem at age 14, titled To the University of Cambridge in New England. The family nurtured her talents, eventually showing her off to family and friends, all who in turn encouraged her to pursue an education to further develop her writing. And by the age of 20, Phyllis was no longer tied to the family, so in 1772, she was given a task to accompany the eldest son, Nathaniel Wheatley, to England, as the family thought it would help improve her ailing health, also to help improve her chances of becoming a published poet. And within a year, Phyllis was indeed a published poet, making her the first African-American and the very first African-American woman to be published during the release of her first volume of poetry in 1773. She expressed what it was like to be enslaved to shock such an experience and how it represents itself. However, Phyllis Wheatley would not limit herself to just paper to voice her opinions. Oh no, she spoke out against slavery even in public meetings despite women being disenfranchised during that time period. And in 1774, she wrote a letter to to Samson Ockham commending him on his ideas and beliefs of how the slaves should be given their natural birthrights in America. And she also exchanged letters with British philanthropist John Thornton who discussed Wheatley and her poetry in his correspondence with John Newton. 1775 saw a copy of Phyllis Wheatley's poem to His Excellency George Washington. As it was sent to him, this poem led Washington to invite Wheatley to visit with him at his headquarters. Cambridge, Massachusetts, which happened in, of course, March of 1776. And in 1778, John Wheatley, Phyllis's legal master, emancipated her, for all those who don't know, emancipated means freeing her and allowing her to wed John Peters, another free African-American, three months after she was free. However, Due to the staunchly racist environment that America incorporated during the 1700s, meant the couple struggled with bad health, low income, and low paying jobs, which caused the death of two of their infant 
children. Wheatley went on to write more poetry but couldn't publish her work due to not having the finances due to their circumstances and due to the loss of customers after she was free. Also, the literary competition during the Revolutionary War, although some of her poetry were later published in pamphlets and newspapers. In 1784, Phyllis Wheatley's husband was incarcerated for the accumulation of debt forcing Phyllis Wheatley to work as a maid at a boarding schoolhouse to support them at the time. And sadly, Phyllis Wheatley died on December 5th, 1784 at the age of just 31 years old. In 1789, five years after the death of the poet, one of her poems was published in a London newspaper. It goes in to say this, written by Phyllis Wheatley. I, young in life, by seeming cruel fate, was snatched from Africa's fancied happy seat. What pangs excruciating must molest. Oh, what sorrows labor in my parents' breast. Steeled was that soul and by no misery moved that from a father seized his babe beloved such such my case and can I then but pray others may never feel tyrannic sway Phyllis Wheatley and that ladies and gentlemen was the story of the very first African-American poet and I want to thank you all for tuning in today I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed day take care God bless. I love you guys. As I sit aboard the train headed to a new city in search of a new beginning, I found a post online we shared back when we were graduating. <laughs> we were certain that marriage is where we were heading. But life had other plans for us two star-crossed lovers. I wound up on the road chasing a dream. While you, in the arms of another. I still remember back when you introduced me to your sister. Your cousin. And your mother. She saw me as a son-in-law even though you were not weren't married. On that day we made a vow to love each other, no matter how time may separate us. And truth be told, I still have that same love for you now, a moment I still cherish, a memory that my heart has carried. Even though we're no longer together, I love you forever and always. I wrote you this letter and hope that you'll think of me someday.